Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty. Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! gentlemen to another edition of the cannon fire podcast live on youtube today for episode 227 from indianapolis lucas oil stadium 38 to 35 your final score after one of the wildest 60 minutes of football i have seen in quite some time The Buccaneers finally score 30-plus points on the road. It comes in less-than-ideal circumstances, but hey, a win is a win is a win. And what's more important is that after the help that they got this week from everybody else losing last week, the Buccaneers are 8-3, hold a dominant lead in the NFC South, and uh, hopefully, maybe, depending on the outcome of this Rams-Packers game, we could see some movement with their seating in the NFC. But welcome back to the show. I'm your host, as always, Rip Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. And uh, quite the game we had today. It's funny because a majority of my notes regarding this game and regarding you know this episode that we were recording right now are not very good. I, I, was, I was pretty pissed at Tampa Bay for what felt like three quarters of this football game. And uh, basically, from top to bottom, it is a tale of two halves for this football team. What looked like another lethargic week on the road for the Buccaneers' offense. That first quarter was just pitiful. The defense seemed like they were doing whatever they could to keep the Buccaneers in this game, regardless of the repeated three and outs that this offense started with. Uh, By halfway through the second quarter, this defense was gassed. And it seemed like Indianapolis was set up in a position where they could play comfortably with the lead for the rest of the afternoon. It felt eerily similar to what we saw against Washington. But the second half came around. Some key turnovers that Tampa Bay was able to uh, come out on top with. And that led to a 38-35 to final score. Evan, I'll quit blabbing. I, I want to get your thoughts on this game because the Bucs are going to get a lot of praise, but we're also going to criticize quite a bit this week, it feels like. Yeah, this was – um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, just uh, – uh, one. Of the, I think this was – a lot of people – I heard it reminded a lot of people of the Chargers game last year, mm-hmm. uh, which actually was the exact same final score, which, believe it or not, like if it felt that way, it, it kind of was. Uh, I think this game was even crazier than that, though, honestly. I, I really do. Just, it, I, I don't know, man. Just between them finally getting the, the game-winning drive they needed and then the, the whole kickoff thing, we'll get into it. But, man, oh, man, just craziness. Um, 
you know, a big character win. Uh, it's a big, big character win. And um, to be able to come back down double digits on the road where they've struggled, right? They've struggled mightily coming into this game. They were two and three on the road undefeated at home, but yet couldn't, you know, seem to not be able to get it done on the road. Um, and one of those games, one of those wins on the road was in New England, where if Nick Folk hits the field goal, they could possibly be one and four on the road. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's definitely, um, it's a lot to take in. It's a lot to take in. And I think even like, you know, you sort of felt that way, you know, is normally we go live what, 10 minutes after the game. Right. Yeah, but this time, <laughs> but, but this time we were like, all right, let's, uh, let's take a minute. <laughs> let's like, you know, take a minute, digest all this because it was truly crazy. Um, and like I said, a huge character win for this team, uh, just oh, yeah. a, a huge, huge character win. Hey, quick ad break, but uh, let me tell you about our guys over at betonline.ag, one of our main sponsors of the podcast for over a year at this point. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Head to the new updated desktop or a mobile website they have to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and a proud sponsor of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Let's go ahead and talk about how this game started. So Tom Brady started with a few passes today. We'll talk about his performance. Of course, TB12, his stat line is this before we go any further. 25 for 34, 226 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Felt pretty pedestrian for Tom Brady today. But when Leonard Fournette goes out and has four touchdowns and then Ronald Jones also gets himself a touchdown, it's probably going to feel like that. But the way the game started for TB12 had a couple of passes that, let's be honest, should have been intercepted. Uh, Xavier Rhodes had his hands on one after I think it was the miscommunication with Mike Evans. He wasn't able to reel it in. And then uh, later on, Rocky Asin had himself almost an interception. And it felt like after that pick, which was dropped by uh, Rocky Asin, felt like things went into conservative mode for a little while. It, it was, what, three straight, three and outs for this offense, which, again, just felt very familiar to what happened when they stalled out early in the game against Washington Seemed like the play calling wasn't there. The play calling that was there was just, you know, not the right situation. Felt wrong a lot of the times. And uh, people were just starting to feel the same way that they did against that game or against that team with no name back in Washington. So the turning point obviously came with the turnovers. But as far as this offense goes, this first half felt like more of the same. It was, what, 24 to 14 at halftime. And and, and truly that entire first half of football for the Bucs was – Oh man, it was just ugly. It was, it was ugly. And it felt like more of the same. And I think you and I had very quickly written this one off as a loss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, our, our text conversations, I think this may have been the most pessimistic that like, I, I like, heard you like that early in the game because well, like you saw before, you know, like you've seen the exact same story before yeah. and it was legit. Like we were talking about before the show here, the, you know, sort of the, the, the joke from, from the office where corporate wants you to look at these two pictures. <laughs> they're the same picture. Corporate wants you to look at these two halves. Well, they're the same half. It, it really was, um, you know, a, a 
replica of the Washington game, uh, the early turnover, then the three and outs, the defense keeping them in it, you know, but then you, you thought, okay, well, what's going to happen. They're going to dig themselves too deep of a hole and then they're not going to be able to get out of it this time though. The defense was able to step up unlike in Washington and make some plays to get this offense back in the game. Yeah, hundred percent. So the turning point in this game obviously comes in the second half. I know there was a turnover. The force fumble early on was in the first half, and that was able to set things up for Tampa Bay towards the end. But uh, I'll tell you, the turning point in this game came on defense, and it came from a guy named Shaq Barrett, who, by the way, we did our game preview with our guy Cody from Bring the Juice, a phenomenal Colts podcast. I was glad we were able to work with him this week, but uh, we made a couple of accurate predictions. I, I mean, you talked about Shaq Barrett possibly showing up this week. I, I know that I was a guy who said that Leonard Fournette will end up in the end zone twice. I definitely didn't think it would be four times, but I'll hang my hat on that, right? I was half correct. Um, but yeah, a huge day for Shaq Barrett as we start to look at some of the turning points in this game. Two sacks for number 58, and then, of course, the turning point. Colts are driving deep in their own territory and uh, who comes up with a strip sack, but number 58 right when they need it. And of course it leads to Tampa Bay points. I think sometime in the fourth quarter, they said the bucks had uh, 24 points off of turnovers today. If I remember correctly, I, I mean, it was pretty clutch when it needed to be and playmakers make plays. It was good to see a guy like Shaq Barrett show up the way he did today. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, um, I mean, that, I, if the Colts score a touchdown there, that's 31-14. That game's yeah. over. Yeah. Uh, if, if the Colts score a touchdown on that drive, it really felt like when the Colts score a touchdown right before the half, you're like, man, you're like, that feels like it feels over, right? And I think you even told me you were like, if they score before the half, then they if they you said if they score any points on yeah. the opening drive of the third, it was over. Even a field goal, well, they didn't score any points. You know, the strip sack, and then the Bucks end up in the end zone. So, yeah, it was definitely big and um, a huge play by him. He's faced a lot of criticism this year, which is very weird. Um, like, he's – I think people look at the how much he's being paid and they look at the 19-sack season and they just think that, um, you know, he should get that every single season. Like, but that's not – that he's not that type of player. Right. Uh, yes, it was nice that he got that season, right? But that's not like he's not that guy. He's never been that guy. He's never going to be that guy again. So yes, the, is he being paid a little bit more? Probably. No, most pass rushers are though. They they, they they get paid out the wazoo when you're a pass rusher. So uh, he's been good. He had a good game last week, and he had a great game this week, and really made a difference. The Bucks are paying him to make you know game saving game changing plays and that's exactly what he did there with that strip sack we talked about it with cody carson Wentz did a pretty good job protecting the football all season the one problem was fumbles right and he maybe had a strip sack and i brought that up i believe on the on the show i said shaq barrett um you know and i said maybe he'll get a strip sack and, and he did and he showed up big time today so a big game by, by barrett against a good offensive line it's not just like there's yeah. some scrub offensive line they're playing so Really nice game by him, and uh, like I said, that's what they're paying him for. They're paying him to make game difference plays, and, and that's exactly what he did. That whole game changed right then and there. Well, uh, another guy on this defense who has the ability to make game-changing plays is the second-year defensive back, Antoine Winfield Jr. The next key turnover for Tampa Bay came at the hands of number 31. I mean, he went up and over oh. his receiver it was a nasty interception and, and his receiver who's 
eight inches taller than him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, not only the effort that went into that play, but uh, after the interception, his return was pretty nice too. Because I'll be honest, after that pick, the entire time he's running it back, I'm screaming at my TV. I'm like, they're going to get him for pass interference. I'm waiting for a flag. I'm waiting for it to come out. That, you know what I mean? This is coming back. We've seen this before. It's a pretty physical play, but he was able to go up there and get it. So shout out to Antoine Winfield, man. He balled out today as well. And then uh, Scotty Miller, another key turnover for this team. Later on in the game, I believe the Bucks had, yeah, just scored, right? Oh, the the no, well, the the Bucks were were they, they, the Bucks were punting. Yeah, it was oh, a, okay. it was a muff, yeah, no, muff right. punt by Naeem Hines. It was a, uh, it was obviously stupid a... play. I mean, just you know, but but take advantage of the stupid plays, right? Yeah, like why he tries to to catch that ball, I I don't know. That's a tough catch to make, but hey. Take advantage of it, right? They make the mistake. You got to take advantage of it. Unfortunately, the Bucks weren't able to turn in the six. They got three out of it. But still, you know, that makes a difference. And, um, you know, I just – everything contributed to it. And a lot of it, you know, like that that's a thats a self-inflicted mistake by the Colts. But, like, Antoine Winfield, that's a fantastic play. Oh, yeah. Jack Barrett beating the tackle and getting the strip sack. That's a fantastic play. You know, the other turnover they got with Pierre Desir, okay, you know, whatever. That's the end of the game, <laughs> whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, just, you know, the defense, yes, they gave up points. Yes. They gave up yards, but you know what? They stepped up when they needed to, they got the job done. They, they forced Carson Wentz to make some bad decisions. Yeah. They knew that the Colts, if the Colts tried to run the ball, the entire game, it wasn't going to work. This shows you, and this proves that no matter how, like how good a strength is, right. Teams know that they, that they need to pass the ball on the Bucks defense. That running the ball is not a recipe for success because the Colts. Little, I think Car- Carson Wentz had like twenty pass attempts last week against Buffalo or something, and and now this week he comes out and throws it over forty times and they lose. So that's why I think the Bucks like knew that and they knew that if I think Bruce Arians even admitted that yeah. that it, they knew that if they forced Carson Wentz to throw the ball 40 plus times that he could put the ball in harm's way. And he definitely did. So kudos to them for making the plays. And I, I thought the defense played a lot better than the, the box score is going to show. If you just look at the box score, you're going to think, Oh, this defense didn't play as great. I think they played a lot better. They kept them in the game early. The first drive, the Bucks go three and out. Bradley Pinion muffs the punt, uh, holding call, and the Colts start on their own thirty. And you know the the they Bucks, the, three or, I'm sorry, the, the the Tampa thirty, yeah. But you know if you allow seven points there, that's a whole different game. So yeah. um, I I think the defense, while it won't show it, I think the defense definitely stepped up and and played a solid game today. No, I 100% agree with you. I don't think that's going to be the storyline coming they, out of hang this on, week. The, real quick, they were better this week than they were in Washington, yet they gave up more points this week. It's just it's just context. Yeah. No, I, I think the uh, you know the storyline that isn't going to be super popular this week is about this defense and the way that they were the main reason the Bucks were even in this game at halftime. I know it was 24 to 14. It was a 10 point game, two possessions, whatever, and Indy still got the ball, but like these guys were gassed, man. And honestly, the fact that, you know, the the uh, the point differential at halftime was a little bit bigger this week is because Indianapolis is a better team than Washington is. So it wasn't like they were able to really run away with it. Like it felt like they were going to do at some points in this game. I thought the defense played a great game. Um, I do think dropping Anthony Nelson back in a coverage on that uh, one tight end touchdown was a pretty questionable move. But, 
you know, aside from that, I, I think they really did get a lot of flack throughout the second and third quarter. But some of those key turnovers started on the defense, and it started with guys like Shaq Barrett and Antoine Winfield stepping up and, and making plays, which is what you pay them to go out there and do. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's it's uh, just like you said, you, you pay those guys to make those types of plays, right? Like, that's what you do. And uh, they earn their money today. And it was cool for Winfield to get the pick because this week – a lot of big conversation, you know, um, facing Jonathan Taylor, yeah, who, you know, um, was really the, the talk of, of this week a lot. And I even tweeted that I do think, like Arian said, they love Jonathan Taylor pre-draft. And I tweeted that I believe that even if, like, Anton Winfield was still on the board, if Jonathan Taylor was on the board at the 45th overall pick, they would have picked him. So, and then obviously what Adam Schefter comes out today and it was, it was weird. Why, why you had to say that? I'm not sure uh, <laughs> that the Bucks would have picked Taylor, you know, if worse wasn't available, but the Bucks trade up for, I don't know. Um, so it was nice to see Winfield be able to, to get that, that pick uh, beautiful. Like I said, that is one of the best catches. I think I've seen a defensive back make because that is such a difficult catch. Um and you're right. I was waiting for the flag too. I was like, where is it going to be? Like, yeah. They're both hand fighting I, you know? Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's, it was really cool for him to do that on a week where a lot of people were debating kind of, well, you know, Jonathan Taylor or Antoine Winfield, both are great players, but I think, you know, obviously I'm not saying the bucks have any regrets, right? I don't think the bucks have any regrets with how their first two draft picks turned out that year, but I'm just saying, I do still believe that the bucks would have, drafted Jonathan Taylor at that moment. That doesn't mean um, that, that, that doesn't mean that, um, you know, they think Winfield sucks just that they really like Taylor. Yeah, it's just so, a guy that they're high on in that moment. Yeah. It, it was and like you said, in the moment. Right. And mm-hmm. Taylor's a fantastic player. He's still yeah. the hottest back in the NFL, but it was really cool to see Winfield come up with that play and uh, be able to, to make it, you know, to be able to make it happen. Like I said, it wasn't just a, oh, thrown right to him. You know, it was a legit play. It was it was a good play against a receiver. One-on-one coverage. He had no help. Uh, yeah, it's just awesome to see, and he's, he's really turned into a – he's a good football player. Oh, yeah. And as we speak a little bit more on the defense, especially in this first half, I want to look at that matchup between them and Jonathan Taylor because as far as that first half goes, they did everything they needed to do, or at least what you would have wanted them to do against the hottest running back in the NFL. Jonathan Taylor was not a factor in this game until he got, uh, what, 60 yards on a single drive sometime in the third quarter or something like that. He had a pretty great drive. Yeah, Um, yeah, he had had won when, when the Colts tied it up. Yeah, it was the, when they tied up at 31, that was his. Yeah, and this is a defense that's already been slowing this guy down all day. Obviously, he was a factor at the end of the game, but I think they, you know, did what they could have done with a guy like that for as long as they possibly did. And uh, going back to what I said earlier, just a huge reason why the Buccaneers were in this game for as long as they were today. But let's take a look at the other side of the football because it was quite the offensive explosion today, but not exactly in the way you might think. The Buccaneers finally break their curse of uh, not being able to score 30-plus on the road today. Yeah. Man, oh, man. I texted you that they did, and you're like, hell yeah, I didn't even notice. You know, it was such a high-pressure situation that you don't notice things like that. It was a pretty close game at the time, but they were able to get 31 points, and I was happy, you know? (laughs) It felt felt good. It was less than ideal. Um, You know, if they're going to get 30-plus points on the road, you'd hope for it to be a game like, it was against Chicago or, or even like it was against Philly where they were able to kind of 
run away with it towards the end of that game. But let's talk about the guy who earned his extension today. And I say that with confidence. Leonard Fournette, man, number seven. How about regular season Lenny? Four total touchdowns for my guy. 17 carries, 100 yards even, and three touchdowns. Seven receptions, 31 yards, and a touchdown for regular season Lenny. I was or, kinda... or, or you know Lucas Oil Lenny is. Oh, I like that uh, one too, right. man. You can you can uh, Cre- you know. credit the Trevor, credit yeah. the Trevor. Yeah, tie up but, some uh, tie up some yeah. sponsorship deals on that one too. As long as long as Trevor gets a cut of it, I, I think Lenny's got to take advantage. A little, of that, little right? royalties on the end there. There you go, man. But yeah, how about a day like this for Leonard Fournette? Um, just the fact that he was able to show up when they needed him to. There were a couple of carries where I wasn't too happy with him. It felt like he was running like Charles Sims sometimes out there today. Uh, maybe cool. maybe the holes weren't there, but you know, for the first half of what we saw today from Fournette, it wasn't a lot of north south running. It felt like it was a lot of dancing behind the gaps and just trying to make something happen. And obviously it ended up being productive for him. So a lot of people are going to take back all the terrible things they said about him in the first half. But I thought it was a great day for Leonard Fournette. And uh, I mean, truthfully, I think one of the best games of his career, statistically, if, if we're looking at this, just a monster day for Lenny. And then also Ronald Jones had a pretty solid day too. seven carries, 37 yards and a touchdown. But, um, you know, back to back to Lenny really quick. Last thing I'll say, and then I'll toss it to you. I got to give him credit because I thought that this game was going to end on a last second Ryan suck up field goal. Um, regular season Lenny made a huge play for Tampa Bay's go-ahead drive. 20 seconds left, ends up in the end zone, and the Buccaneers go up by seven points. Now, Isaiah Rogers with that huge kick return made things interesting, but basically Leonard won the game for them today. Just can't say enough about how good of a day it was uh, for the Buccaneers running the ball. Speaking of a day, I mean, Isaiah Rogers, and the only reason we're going to mention this is because somebody on this podcast who lives in Florida – and uh has a beard yeah i know it's not me has a full beard sure that narrows it down for sure some somebody uh is actually used to play with isaiah rogers so yeah man used to play uh, football with isaiah rogers on our on our game preview show i I talked to my my buddy cody or cody from bring the juice colts podcast i talked to him about my buddy isaiah um this guy is a stud he got himself an interception off of Tom Brady today. It was that Scotty Miller miscommunication route where Scotty should have been outside the numbers and then tried to make a move inside. It didn't work for anybody, um, but a great play for him. And then that huge return at the very end of the game that I think the Colts still had a timeout or two left. So yeah, they it put, had a timeout. Yeah, it put him in a situation to run a couple of plays and at least try and force overtime at the end of the game. But, you know, as, as much as you hate to give Colts players credits on a day like today, that's that's my guy, and uh, I'm glad he balled out today. But he he made that game interesting at the very end there. Yeah, yeah. So a uh, quick shout out to him. Uh, real quick, another shout out. Fortunately, I have to do this. Oh, man. Uh, Mr. Bucks Nation with the two dollar super chat. Yes, sir. Acknowledging that I was wrong, uh, which was my sixth uh, wrong prediction in the Brady era predicting regular season games. So now <laughs> the record is twenty one and six. Hashtag um, Evan was wrong. Hashtag Evan was wrong. That's I mean that that's well. Hashtag Evan was wrong for different reasons, but uh, <laughs> that's um, you know I mean the, the the first name Evan can get thrown around a lot. So um, yeah, Evan's always wrong. No, no matter what Evan says, he's wrong. Um, so shout out James for the two hour super chat. Uh, going on to Fournette, like 
yeah, it was really, really good. Um, I especially, I mean, the Colts' strength on defense is really their run defense, and it's not spectacular like the Bucks is, but um, it was good, and it felt like a little tough sledding early on, but it felt like they, uh, you know, they, they really got it together and were able to to basically, you know, ice the game. I mean, on that final drive, Fournette had the catch for 13 yards. He had the, the run for 11, not to mention, obviously, the touchdown run. And, you know, I just, even though it would have been whatever, like, cool for Ryan Suggum to kick it with no time left, it would have, you know, you would have avoided that kickoff return by the Colts and everything. You don't want it to come down to a last-second field goal. Oh, right? no way. It's, it's no too nerve-wracking. <laughs> um, so We already did that once this year. I don't think we need to do it anymore. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, it's you know it's um, it was nice to see. It was nice to see Lenny. Unfortunately, I was playing against him in fantasy this week, so of mm. course, um, so that'll single handedly lose me this week. But uh, yeah, it was it was nice to see him sort of go off. He had a career high in touchdowns, and uh, he, even Ronald Jones really ran hard. Um, his runs today, his average will actually be higher than Leonard Fournette's, but. Um, yeah, he, he had a good day overall. It was, it was pretty solid. Didn't see much of Geo today, but you know when Leonard Fournette's being able to get the job done and Rojo's on the ground running uh, was, was really, really a, a welcome sight for this offense. Oh, yeah, man. And another welcome sight for this offense, a, ga- a guy whose monster day will probably be overshadowed by Leonard Fournette, uh, but that's the big tight end, baby, that blocking tight end, number 87, Rob Gronkowski, seven receptions as he leads the team. 123 yards for the big man. It was great to see Gronk back out there housing people like he usually does when he's healthy. I I mean, he looks great. And uh, I'll I'll tell you, I think a huge reason this game didn't end up like Washington for this offense uh, was having Rob Gronkowski out there because you could tell he was a safety option for Brady more than a few times today. Oh my God. Yeah. Gronkowski was, uh, was awesome. Um, and really it's like you said, I mean, the Bucks receivers did not like do really anything today. I mean, I, I don't even know if Tyler Johnson was really targeted. Scotty Miller was targeted had, a few times. Johnson had one catch. I remember that. Okay. For, for I think Mike Evans had what one catch or two catches. Yeah. Godwin had a few catches, but then he also had the fumble. Um, so really it was the, the Brayton and, and Gronkowski show really yeah. uh, through the air. Um, and maybe that was some scheming things. Obviously I haven't looked at the tape obviously, but um, it was nice to see Gronk and you can tell he's, he's back. I mean, he's, he's a hundred percent healthy and uh, obviously he didn't get in the, get in the, um, into the, the end zone. Yeah. There you but go. You I got think, it. Yeah. <laughs> we're trying to find our words. Um, well, I'm, I'm reading the super chat while also talking. So um, yeah, it, it was nice to see and it's nice to see him healthy and it makes a huge difference. It makes a huge difference in this entire offense and hopefully they should be getting Antonio Brown back soon. So um yeah it, it's a huge boost and it really helps uh, it, it really does help and um like i said big game from break today and you're gonna need other guys to step up when when teams are taking away your best options and uh yeah it was it was it was pretty pretty nice to see um yeah. there's there's a lot of questions here about you know brady playing well and this is a stupid discussion i think but um <laughs> what do you mean I'll i, I up, thought that i thought this guy was washed it's it's I'm obviously bring, time well, to start yeah, worrying he, about he, the quarterback he, position he is, right yes yes <laughs> um so 
Oh, um, uh, I got to find my train of thought now. Okay. So there were, I didn't mean to get you going. Sorry. No, no. Yeah, you're good. Um, so like, oh, Brady only plays well against the, the really bad defenses. Okay. For one, I, if you watch the, the film, okay. He played just because they lost the game. Doesn't mean he didn't play well, played fantastic against the Rams. Okay. Just because he lost the game, he played fantastic against the Rams in LA. Um, and you know, we also like I, you know, Tony brought up Tony finally having a decent take on here. Wow, um, that's our guy Tony Baloney. He brought he brought up you know about against Dallas and Dallas's defense is improved. Um, so like yeah, the you know he's he's played well. Has he played as well against you know some other teams? Of course not. Washington he struggled right. New Orleans was really up and down. I mean New Orleans he struggled at times, but he was also really good. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It just, it, it's really, you know, Colts D isn't good either. I mean, they're okay. They have some solid pieces, you know, just because their, their rankings say so. I mean, we talked to Cody and he even said that, you know, they've been better lately and they, they are one of the, the, the best teams in the league right now. So um, yeah, big DZ, I'm not saying he was good today. Uh, I think he was okay today. I don't think he was bad. I, I, I really don't think he was bad. He, he opened um, up the game with a couple of bad passes. Yeah, um, yeah. He, of, he opened up of... the game slow, but the entire offense opened up the game slow. Yeah. You know, and that's why it was just like Washington. But unlike, you know, against Washington, it felt like he never really got it going. And this game, it felt like he he kind of did. So, um, yeah, I no concerns over the quarterback. So, um, I mean, the way this chat's talking, you would have thought the Bucks lost by 20. So, yeah, well, I, I think, you know, another big question was uh, obviously we talked about the concerns at the quarterback position, quote on oh, quote. Yeah. I mean, heavy <laughs> quotes around that one. Do not get it twisted, folks. But, you know, I think some more legitimate concerns some people still may have with this team are some of the decisions by this coaching staff. Um, somebody in the chat brought up a good point, and, and, you know, we are Super Bowl champions. It's not like Bruce Arians isn't a proven NFL head coach at this point, as well as the rest of his staff who – usually get it right like usually they usually usually but i mean you know we, we, uh, we talk more about the times that they don't get it right when yeah, it comes when, to when, this conversation in particular so like when, when, Mike, when Mike, they get it wrong that's when you hear it yeah. well yeah obviously that's when everybody and their mom is going to speak up because nobody's going to let it slide but as far as this team looks for the rest of the season a huge win today something that's going to mean a lot to them especially the fact that they were able to pull it off on the road because whenever the bucks get behind on the road it's it's kind of tough for them to claw them way their way back into things but they were able to do that today so is this a turning point for how this team plays on the road can we trust the buccaneers on the road just Mm. yet um you know a lot of the questions are going to be directed at that coaching staff so i want to get your thoughts is this a turning point for the bucks team on the road or you know, are we going to have the same concerns when they are on the road yet again next week? I think. Going to need to see how they respond next week. Yeah. Uh, going to need to see a, a game that was an emotional roller coaster this week. Going to see if they can string together two straight wins on the road. Um, they they haven't done it yet. Um, so uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see if they can string together two straight wins on the road. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but I, I, I'm going to need to see 
how they come out and play against the Falcons. Emily, uh, she brought up that, you know, hope that the Bucs sort of don't feel like it's a, it's a cakewalk. And I don't think they will. It's a divisional game, which is why I don't really think you're, they're going to just think it's a cakewalk because the Bucs were down 17 to nothing to this Atlanta team in Atlanta last year. Like yeah. this was, yeah. you know, it's a challenge. Uh, Atlanta won today. I know they were playing the, the Jaguars, but, um, you know, this after an emotional win today, a game that took a lot of, energy right and a lot of effort to come back and win i want to see how they respond this is a great start this is a fantastic win on the road a very impressive win on the road but i want to see how they do next week before i can say that i'm still trust them you know i'm not saying they're going to lose next week but i just i want to see what this team looks like next week before i can fully trust them on the road I think the most telling part of all of that is going to be how they literally start their game. Because when you look at the loss against Washington, even when you look at today's game against Indianapolis, when this team starts and halfway through the first quarter, it just looks like they aren't prepared or they don't want to be there. That's on coaching 100%. So when we talk about this discussion of, you know, is this coaching staff doing enough to make sure this team is prepared? Just like Evan said, Next week on the road is going to tell you everything you need to know. But I think in particular, that first, that second, and that third offensive possession in particular. I I trust Todd Bowles at this point in the season. I, I really do. I, I you know, we just talked about praising the defense for what they were able to do today, how long they were able to keep the Bucks in the game. So I trust Todd Bowles in, in this defense starting the way that they should, whether they're playing at home or on the road. It's just when they get gassed and when they get exhausted from carrying the weight of a lackluster offense is when you can start to worry. But as far as Byron Leftwich, the play calling and just, you know, the offensive rhythm this team has on the road, we'll, we'll find out that first drive next week in Atlanta. It's also a division game, so those are usually tough anyways. Yeah, I'm, I mean – I, I do think Byron Leftwich gets a lot more flack than, than, than he than he should. Um, I mean, it's at some point the players got to come out and play, right? They like they they do got to play. Uh, but I also do agree that sometimes the the game plans aren't particularly well, partic- you know, specifically right in the the first um, the, the the first drive or so first two drives when you're doing the the scripted things um and you know basically um you, you know it, it's like like you talked about when they're wrong that's when it's talked about but when they're <laughs> yeah. right it's not really mentioned as much so um yeah it's it left which is in a tough spot there but I mean, it's it's on both, right? It's got to be on both. The slow starts have to be on both. The the coaching staff because they're the ones scripting the plays, but it's also got to be on the players because the players got to execute. So, um, you know, you know, penalties have been an issue early on, especially on the road. And, yeah, I, I mean, the the first three penalties for Tampa Bay, which I believe ended up being the only penalties they had. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go check that. It didn't it didn't seem like it was a really high penalty day for either team really besides the Colts with the few pass interference calls. Right. But, but even uh, the differential in the yards given up off of the penalties, those three flags the Bucks had initially gave up 39 yards of field position. So they were obviously pretty costly, but I'm not sure how they finished the day because I remember they brought that infographic back up sometime in the fourth quarter and the Bucks still had three penalties. What was the uh, what was the damage? The Bucks had four penalties and the Colts had six. Okay. So 
Overall, not too bad. I mean, you get four penalties a game, you'll take that, right? Oh, I know right. everybody, oh, zero penalties. That's just not very realistic. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, four penalties, you do that every game, you, you'll take that. Sure. I mean, even like, just you can't get into the, the eights, nines, you know, double digits. That That's where you hurt yourself. And, um, yeah, it, it's very uh, – you, you can see what this team does on the road when they're not committing penalties. And some of it does have to do with, I think, the the addition of crowd noise, uh, yeah. which wasn't yeah. there as much. It was there a little bit last year, but it wasn't there as much. And I think that has been an adjustment for them. It's, it sounds dumb, but it has been an adjustment. So uh, shout out, Tony. Um 40th birthday surprised you're not like 70 but heck yeah man um <laughs> uh so yeah, hopefully gotta, they yeah. hopefully they, they get the w for you um fun fact actually uh, yeah i get right um so my birthday was september 20th there was that, that was a monday so the bucks were playing the falcons on that sunday so we celebrated my birthday on that day so celebrated my birthday with a win versus the falcons so let's see if they can celebrate your actual birthday with a win versus the falcons there you go um i'd love to see it. yeah but I, I i think the the like i said the slow starts have to do with a little bit of everything right the coaching needs to be better with scripting the players have to execute and i just the adjustments that they've had to make because of the crowd noise. Like I said, it sounds dumb, but it's a real thing. Why do you think people legit struggle to go up to Seattle and and win, right? Because they have a true home field advantage. The 12th man is real. Like that's a real thing. And, um, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see because I think Atlanta, it, could be rocking it's hit or miss with their crowd their crowd's either packed or they're either nobody yeah it's either rocking or they're all gone by halftime yeah but i mean like <laughs> in new orleans that place was loud right halloween you know the, the bucks eliminated them last year like that place was rocking right so uh that was a tough game and they, they couldn't they couldn't you know get adjusted yeah. uh adjustments are not made until half that's a problem i mean i you know, most teams do that. Most teams adjust. And have I think that's, time, I think that's but... just the natural pace of a football game. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, they're, you're making adjustments constantly during a football game. Like you just are, you're making adjustments constantly, but from drive to drive, you know, play to play. But I think the bigger adjustments, sure. Those are made at halftime when you're able to sit down and talk and sort of take a deep breath and, um, and try and figure out, you know, what exactly is going on real quick. I want to answer Willie's question. Um, does anyone know why Hainsey wasn't as at guard today with Stinny and Marpet out? Uh, they've been working Hainsey at center mostly in training camp. They did. Uh, so I think they're projected Hainsey at center, um, which, you know, we'll see with the future of Ryan Chanson being a pending UFA, but they saw Hainsey play center at the senior bowl and they really liked it. They drafted him and I think they projected him to be a center. So I think that's why you saw Nick Leverett who, you know, I did want to give him props. I want to, I want to give him props as he stepped up and he, you know, he filled in, but he wasn't, he wasn't good. Uh, but at some point, like he was going up, the, up against the Forrest Buckner and somebody was like, Oh, Leverett sucks. Like he's the third string guard going up against one of the best interior defensive linemen in football. Like give him, give him some sort of break. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he wasn't that great, but kudos to him for stepping in, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but that's the reason that Hainsey wasn't in. They, they really like him at center, and I think they didn't really want to mess that up. Well, I think as we talk about you know this football team and making adjustments, looking ahead 
to next week, we we started to talk about what's going to be pretty telling as to how prepared this team is on the road throughout the rest of the season. Another thing that factors into this, and I know we just spend a lot of time gushing about the defense and their performance today, but I'm still going to nitpick and I'm still going to talk about some things that need to be fixed. With this defense in particular, they need to get off the field on third down. Mm. Specifically, anything longer than third down and 10. It, it almost seems like a gimme for any team that lines up third and long. Third and a mile against the Bucks is almost a guaranteed first down. On their way to you know securing their halftime lead, the Colts scored three touchdowns in the second quarter on their last possession of the half. Carson Wentz scrambled 16 yards on a third and 15 to convert. The tight end, yeah. whose name I can't remember which one it was right now, he made an Jack incredible... Jack Doyle, maybe? I, I want to say Jack Doyle. It was one of their tight ends, made an incredible sideline catch on third and 10. And then uh, the nail in the coffin on that drive was Carson Wentz rolling out to throw a touchdown on fourth... And one. Now, I know the analytics guy like Indianapolis going for it there because it was, you know, fourth and one deep in their own territory. It, it, it's one of those things where it's kind of a high percentage look. A lot of people like it. So Frank Reich's feeling all, uh, confident in his offense. He goes for it. He gets it. He's not feeling confident in that offense if they don't convert on third and 15 and another pretty crucial third and 10 on that same exact drive. Um, that was just a factor. I mean, even in the second half, there was a crucial third and 13 that I think Michael Pittman ended up getting a catch on the other side of. So while this defense has been good, forcing turnovers is great and doing just enough to win the game is one thing. When we talk about things that can still be improved, getting off the field on third down, just it has to uh, has to start kicking in sooner than later because they can't they can't keep spotting teams this field position after you know, two big stops on first and second down. Yeah. And I do agree with what Danny said in the chat about uh, the pass rush taking a little bit too long to develop on third downs. And, and sometimes that is the case. It, it's weird. Um, it seems like when they blitz a lot of the times they're bringing the, the corner or they're bringing the safety. You'll have and five to six just, guys standing takes, on the line of scrimmage and it still takes them forever to get there. It takes too long. Like it's just, it, it takes too long to do that. And um you know, I, I just I don't know. It, it's it's very it's very strange. Um, sometimes it's it, some it's I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's it's tough for me to explain. But you are right. It's a valid point that you know the, sometimes the pass rush on on third downs does take too long, and um, some of it is the way that their pass rushers are. Right, there's some guys that are just pure speed rushers and got low buy tackles, and other guys just aren't don't really work that way. But um, you are right that that sometimes it does take too long. Like I said, specifically when they blitz, it just when you blitz, man, it's got to get there. And their blitzes today just did not work. And that's where that's the one thing I will criticize Todd Bowles about uh, that their blitzes just weren't working. And when it's not working, don't keep going back to the well if it's not working. Like, you know, it's not working this game. Maybe it'll work another game, but it ain't happened in this game. So, um, yeah, I, I I don't really understand it. Um, Tony, yeah, they do play zone coverage a lot of the time, which is weird because everybody you know claims that like oh you know they play a lot of man they play a lot of man not really like they, they don't play as much man as you think um but you know a lot of zone coverage has to do with the injuries they have you're not going to play man when you have fourth and fifth string corners you're not going to play man coverage as much so once Carlton davis comes back uh which could be this week possibly once jamel dean comes back which i know i have seen there's a few things in the chat about him i believe his shoulder injury he was out, ruled out, uh, didn't play the rest of the game. Bruce Arian said that he doesn't think it's very good. 
Um, I don't know if it's season ending, but um, it doesn't sound like he's going to, to be uh, he's going to be playing next week. So maybe Carlton Davis is back, but it doesn't sound like Jamal Dean. But when you get those guys, that's when you can play man coverage. You play man coverage with your starters. And when you don't have corners that you trust, which, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth string guys, you're not going to trust as much. That's when you play zone. And it's funny because it, it took a lot of people a long time to trust a guy like Carlton Davis. And what is the one thing that he's really good at? Man coverage. Slowing guys down at the line of scrimmage. Being a big physical corner. And uh, that's what a lot of your starters are able to do. So, yeah, great point. Just like you said, you got to play to the strengths of your players out there. And if you've got a guy like D. Delaney, who isn't exactly the most physical corner on the planet. Uh, D. Delaney wasn't even that bad. Pierre Desir sucked. Yeah, I mean he did. I mean I know he got you know he got the pick, whatever. When you're when you're looking at your pickings of, you know, D Delaney, uh Pierre Desir, anybody else who might be out there didn't start the season on the team. You gotta work with what you're getting. I mean, yeah, you signed Richard Sherman, he didn't start a season on the team and he's out. So you know, we'll see. Like I said, um you know, we'll have to wait and see. Um big shout out Carlton Davis. I was going to say big shout out really quickly while we are talking about the injuries that happened today. uh, They were pretty quick and effective at the start of this game. I think within six minutes, the Bucks lost four different starters. Jamel Dean being one of them. Aaron Stinney went down, who was already filling in for the missing Ali Marpet, who missed this week with an injury. And then uh, a guy I want to give some props to is is Devin White. Um, He didn't have his strongest game today. But the fact of the matter is he left the game in the first half, I think the first quarter, and then did not play, ended up coming back in the third quarter and was able to finish the entire game. We'll probably get an update on his injury this week, but he already missed a couple of days of practice dealing with a quad injury. He wasn't 100% coming into things today. And I think the fact that he was able to get back in there and just play with his team speaks to the type of player that he is. Uh, and I think it was, you know, really, really good for him to get back out there. Just a good moral feeling for this defense as they put up the production they did today. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I appreciate that, Kevin, uh, for shouting out about me being a great Madden general manager. I appreciate that. You just, <laughs> you gotta have, you gotta have the best players in every position, right? You just have to. Uh, if you drop below, yeah, you're done, right? You are done. You're out of here. Uh, um, <laughs> Yeah, and also Danny says Winfield should get Vita's victory tooth. That's actually pretty funny. Oh, yeah, shout um, out to a big football guy, Vita Vea. I big mean, hockey guy. Dude. That's a big hockey guy. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know what you would classify that as, like a hockey guy thing or a football yeah, guy thing. Yeah, I mean, Tony says, yeah, it's a hockey injury, man. Polynesian power. The guy lost a tooth out there, and, and he's smiling on his way to the sideline, and he's bleeding from his upper lip. So, you know, it was good to see Vita back out there, but – um you know, just him playing at the physicality that he was. I thought the early part of this game, he was he was bringing it to Quentin Nelson. Man, Vita looked good today. Yeah, yeah, and uh, like I said, it was important for the Bucks to sort of. We knew what the Colts were going to try to do early on. They were going to try and see if the run was going to be working today, and it wasn't. And it was important for the Bucks to sort of shut that down pretty quickly. So, um, yeah, um, <laughs> Winfield should wear the tooth around his neck every game. Yeah, it's like the the good luck charm. Basically. It's kind of it, you know it, back in the day, pound the rock. Well, now we now we right. pound the tooth. Huh? <laughs> no, no, you don't like um, that one. Hang it up on the I, locker room somewhere. I don't know. It's, Travels yeah, with the was, team. I yeah, I don't know. It just starts <laughs> rotting. Do you think? Do you think uh, they like? Do you think somebody ran out there and tried to find it? 
that way they can, you know, uh, obviously put it back on sometime this well, week. Well, I mean, yeah, he's got to got to put it under his pillow for the tooth fairy. I'd though. love to. I'd love to hear an update on if like they were able to find the original. He needs tooth. his dollar. Uh, sure. Okay. The tooth fairy. The tooth fairy's got to treat him. Oh, okay. Okay. Sure. Well, the two fairy saying, can treat him with a new contract here within the next couple of seasons too. Instead of instead of a dollar, he gets five. <laughs> he gets fifty million. Of yeah, there you go, that. man. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, what, what do you want? What do you want to close it out with? I mean, we could talk a little bit about Brady if you wanted to. Um, finally, saw like a clutch drive from the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know it was Fournette who ran the ball. I understand that, but. You know the the first down the break and the first down the Godwin, um, you know really really clutch plays by him and I I thought Brady like I said I know this is gonna I guess spark a fire in the chat but I, I thought Brady played okay you know I think people think that he has to and I understand the expectations and stuff but people think he has to play like lights out and throw four touchdowns every game and like yeah the stat line may not show up but like he played fine and. Um, had seen some people, you know, discuss about the interceptions. Uh, today's pick, I don't know. I wouldn't put it solely on him, but it also wasn't the greatest decision. So I can't, like, say it wasn't his fault at all. Like, last week with Evans, like, that's not his fault. But, right. um, you know, I, I wouldn't uh, – yeah, exactly, Richard. Yeah, the way Winfield jumped, he already had the tooth fairy with him. So <laughs> maybe Winfield did have the tooth near him. I don't know. Um, so – yeah, it's just about like Brady. Just I don't know. And if you remember, um, if if you remember, uh, last November, Brady didn't play great. He, he didn't play spectacular. Uh, November was the Saints game in Tampa. We all know how that one went. Yeah. Um, and then you know he played in Carolina, played okay. Then the next game was versus the Rams, which I thought. Uh, Brady's was Brady's worst game last year. I thought he played the worst in that game against the Rams. And then again, against the chiefs right before the bye week So um, I believe that was a November game. So the month of November in a Bucks uniform has not been kind to Tom Brady. So, um, you know, like I said, you know, yeah, big DZ. Um, that was not a clutch Brady drive. Okay. I mean, I just laid out why, it, why it was. I also acknowledged Fournette ran it. So, um, no, Brady's cooked. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. This guy's. Yeah, done. I know. I know. He's yeah. done. He's, He's done. He's hey, washed. We, just start, we gotta start worrying about him, folks. Yeah. We, yeah. Folks, I mean, we are, 40, we are joking. 44 you're, you're years not. old. 44 years old. This guy is just existing in the league, right? He's trying to keep up with these younger quarterbacks right now, putting up ridiculous touchdown numbers. I mean, surely Tom Brady isn't anywhere close to leading the league in touchdowns right now, right? No, 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 no. Or passing yards. Right. Yeah. I no, mean, no, there's no, no, no possible no. way this guy is, no, this no, guy no, is no, done. No, 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 no. Uh, I, I, big easy. I'm not sure what you're trying to prove here. I just said he played okay. And they said he didn't play great. Um, but he, he did what had to be done. And what's important, a, a W. So he does that oh, an awful lot, doesn't he? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought I thought he was fine. Um, like I said, just, yeah, he was fine. He, he, he was fine. Just want some other players to get credit. We've credited other players the entire episode. 
<laughs> what, what yeah, I, I mean, truthfully, I, I think win, lose, or draw, this is probably we the just, least. We just started talking about Tom Brady. This is probably the least we have talked about Tom Brady. I mean, even at the top of the episode, when I read his stat line, it was pretty pedestrian day for him. It, it was it was fine. Had a couple of throws that should have yeah. been picked to start the game. It's okay. The entire yeah, offense we, was... We acknowledged. Yeah, yeah whatever. I, I, think, I think we've covered our bases. It's all right. Big DZ, we appreciate you being in the chat regardless, buddy. Thanks for being here. Shout out to our moderators, Kevin522, Willie Beeman, of course, holding it down. Tony Baloney hanging out with us, Richard T and Danny. Glad to have you guys in the chat. Anybody else that I may have missed as well. But yeah, I think that's it, man. I I, I I think we covered everything we needed to from this week 12 matchup between the Indianapolis Colts and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who come out victorious 38 to 31. Your final score as they advance to eight and three on the regular season. They are back on the road next week for a division matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. So hopefully this team is a little bit more prepared, especially on the offensive side of the ball as they venture into enemy territory yet again next week. But that's just about going to do it for this week's episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you once again to every single person in the live chat who I may have mentioned before. Richard T., our buddy Dub, Jared, Big DZ, everybody else. Hold on. I'm just going back and reading some messages, making sure I'm seeing everything correctly. <laughs> Um, it's the end of the show guys so appreciate yeah. you guys being here and um a wild game we'll be back this week with a, with a game preview for the falcons right i think maybe maybe a, a mailbag i know last week we, we we talked about it and we were like you know it's thanksgiving week let's just take the the week off but i think the mailbag either this week or next week the mailbag will be returning so if, if you have um you know, if you have any questions, send them to email at canifierpodcast at gmail.com. Send them to the Twitter account at canifierpod. Send them on Instagram, uh, wherever. Uh, if you have any questions, just let us know. And like I said, we'll, we'll be doing a mailbag here shortly. But, um, yeah, stay tuned for that. Absolutely. Check out the show on social media if you want to get in touch for the mailbag as well. You can find us Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show and, of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. What's up? Yeah, real quick, uh, Emily. No, no, you didn't have too many questions. We appreciate the questions. <laughs> we, we we definitely appreciate the questions. So yeah, get you know we, we want to start using that email a lot, and you you really you like the email the questions. So yeah, we 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 appreciate it. We enjoy it. It's just we haven't really been able to connect on it. Like I said, I was on vacation for two no, weeks, was, and then it, it was just know, the it was, it was just the timing of it. Like Evan said, it was you know the week of Thanksgiving. It was the day before Thanksgiving. The Bucks had played on Monday, by the way, instead of Sunday. So by the time Wednesday rolls around, which is normally when we do that stuff, it still felt like the win was a little fresh. So, you know, for the week of Thanksgiving, we, we kind of just put a highlight video up and then called it a day. But, you know, that's all the great content you can come to expect over on our YouTube it, it channel. It will be back soon. So if you have yeah. any questions, let it let us know. Just shoot them. Oh, yeah, 100%. We'll talk to you guys a little bit later this week. Um, oh, yeah. Let me not forget, follow Evan on Twitter, where he will not follow you back, at EvanNFL. And uh, last but not least, you can find myself Instagram and Twitter, at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. Well, folks, after 12 weeks of NFL football, your Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 8-3. and three, And uh, looking forward to another great matchup on the road next week against Atlanta should be a good one. If you guys have any questions at all for the mailbag show this week, send them to our email, canifierpodcast at gmail.com. 
And uh, yeah, that's it for the show. You don't have to go home, but you cannot stay here. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We will catch you later on this week on a brand new episode of the Cannon Fire podcast brought to you by our good friends over at betonline.ag. Signing off for now. We'll talk to you later. Until then, and as always, go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.